comes right over where the manger is. That's God. That's God doing a miracle. And, you know, this morning, if it wasn't daylight, there'd be a star here, right, right over us because Jesus is here, right? The, the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to suffer loss. We can have hope this morning. We can know that Jesus is here with us. He's here to make a difference in each of our lives. You know, I, I know that Christmas time for some is, is just a time of rushing and busyness. For others, it's, it's really a time that's hard because maybe you feel alone. But I want you to know that God is here. He's with all of us. So let's just pray one more time. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, we surrender this service to you, Jesus. You're here with us. We thank you for your presence, God. I pray that each one would feel your love today, God. Holy Spirit, come meet each of us in a special, personal way. Lord, that we know, that we know, that we know that you're with us, God, and, uh, and that we have you on our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, I want to start off by wishing you all a merry and blessed Christmas. It's good to see you all here. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's an honor to stand with you here on Christmas morning. But I want you to think back maybe to yesterday, maybe to this past week. If you looked at your calendar, what did it look like? Was it filled to the brim with activities, with obligations, maybe distractions, or did you have rest? Think about your office, what your office looks like, your home, most importantly, your heart. You know, for some of us, Chances could be that we're feeling a lot of burden. We're feeling a lot of stress. You know, there, there could be heaviness weighing you down because what is the season? This is the season that uh, people to see, places to go, things to do. Rush, rush, rush. Christmas is in one week away. But we don't have to live this way. Why? Because we're in a series here at Shiloh called what? It's called Travel Light. Thank you. The message series we've been in the past month, if you missed it, is talking about letting go of baggage, leaving our baggage behind. So what's the baggage we're leaving behind? First week, right after Thanksgiving, we talked about leaving stuff behind, right? Don't we all have stuff? And the more stuff you have, what do you do? You're worried about all the stuff that you have. Distractions. The more we try not to be distracted, it seems the more we are distracted. Last week, Steve talked about letting go of bitterness. And he talked about the seed of offense, don't pick up the seed, is what he told us. It was really a powerful message. If you didn't hear it last week, go online. You can, you can find our messages online. So this morning, if you're ready, we're going to be talking about letting go of control. Now, I warned you, if you were here the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I told you we were going to get to this point. I gave you all a warning that we we're going to be talking about letting go of control. But this is what I want to do this morning. I want to allow Luke chapter 1 to speak to us all about letting go of control. So if you were honest with me this morning, and I'm expecting you all to be honest. I mean, after all, you are in church, right? You're not going to tell a lie. Um, how many of you would say that uh, there's at least one area of your life, maybe more, but at least one area of your life that you want to be in control? Yes, I'm seeing those hands. All right. The rest of you, I'm not sure if you're telling the truth or not. Um, now, if you found yourself tempted to lift the hand of your neighbor during this, right, God even has something for you, right, that he has something for all of us this morning by his word. <clears throat> this is what I know about the Holy Spirit. 
He has a way of taking his word and personalizing it to each one of us. So as we, as we walk through the scripture this morning, God has something for each of us about control. So we're going to start by reading Luke 1 um, in 26. We're going to read a number of verses. So I'm going to ask you, would you stand with me as I read, just so we can help focus a little bit more and pay attention to the word. All right, this is Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, What could the angel mean? You know, some of us right now, We're gathered together. You may be feeling like Mary. You may be confused about something going on in life. Maybe there's something that's disturbing you, right? Have we ever said, I wish this wasn't happening? Why am I here? I never thought I would be experiencing this. We can't handle the situation we find ourselves in, and sometimes we don't know what to do. But maybe it's out of this backdrop when we're confused and disturbed. Maybe that's when we want to take control. We need to figure it out, right? We've got to rise up. Why is this happening? Why in the world is this happening? But there's times when we're confused and disturbed. Mary's got a lesson for us, so we're going to read on. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, this is not convenient for me right now. How will I tell Joseph? What will my parents and my friends think? Um, Angel, Gabriel, this is not part of my five-year plan. You have no idea. If this happens, I'm going to be pregnant in my wedding dress, and that's never what I've expected. No, if we were in Mary's shoes, what would we respond? I don't know how many of us would respond like she did, where she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Okay, you may be seated. Thanks. So Mary goes, may everything you say come true. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I know when we're talking about control, I can already tell you that some of you are thinking, this is the perfect message for my spouse, maybe my mom, my dad, my in-laws, my boss. Why? Because none of us ever think we're the one that's controlling, right? It's always someone else that's controlling. Some of us are wound so tight we want to control everything, and I know how to spot who you are because you're just like me. I remember a time back about 25 years ago when Meg and I bought uh, the house that we're living in now. We built it, and uh, we had a family come stay with us when we'd only been in the house maybe a couple of months, you know. And I was trying to to teach the kids, um, hey, this is how you stack the dishwasher. You don't put, like, one dish here, and you don't put the dishes too close. The shorter dishes go next to the silverware. The bigger dishes go on the other side. Like, there's a method, there's a process to, to what you do, and... 
you know, then the closing doors, they would just push the door closed and they go click, click. I'm like, no, you turn the door handle, you push the door closed, you unturn the door handle. That's how you be quiet. I've never heard two-year-olds walk the floor like this. Like, why are you stumping? You're 30 pounds. Like, can't you, can't you walk on your toes and it'll be a little quieter in the morning? And then the toilet paper. Like, when you put a roll of toilet paper on, on you know, where you replace it, doesn't the paper go on the top? It's never to go on the bottom. Like, there is a way of doing things. I'm not controlling. I'm just particular, right? It's just the, Now, don't even get me started about vacuuming. What's the best vacuum to own? Because we'll just be here all day. But I know what you're thinking. You think I'm controlling. All right, just remember... A few days ago, some of you were ready to divorce your spouse. You're ready to give away your firstborn all over for the perfect Christmas card picture. Am I right? Anybody here? You had a fight over a Christmas card picture? Yeah, you know who you are because I see you laughing. So we've all wanted to be in control. Maybe we haven't recognized it, but that's what we've been. And the more we try to be in control, the more we do what? We fear losing control. The more we fear losing control, the more we want to be in control. I know the cycle. I I am that cycle. (laughs) But I understand that being in control and fear of losing control is something that I've dealt with my whole life, right? I'm an engineer, and engineers do what? They solve problems. And I've spent a career of being in control, of managing my team, of driving for results, driving the team for results, right? We run into a problem, and it's like, we don't have a solution to this. We need an innovation. So we just start brainstorming. We start working. And through that control, I've seen so much good happen. But, you know, there's something that happened when I retired six years ago. I got a new nickname. It was called Retired Greg, right? I I heard one of my adult kids recently say, you know, Dad became fun when he retired, right? And I thought I'd been fun all this time. What do you mean? You don't think I've been fun? But something changed. I started to have more margin in my life. I started to spend more time with people and, and not just say, how you doing? Fine, fine, you know? Like, no, how are you really doing? I started to really understand and, and listen. So this morning, I want to give you one big idea that maybe we can take away with in this area of control. And here's the big idea. We don't always have the power to control, but we always have the power to surrender. And that's something that we see in Mary, right? That she, she had said that, um, let it be unto me, right? How could she say, Lord, do everything that you want? You know, one thing I've learned as a pastor there's a lot of times people come to me, maybe for a marriage issue, maybe it's, it's uh, a tragedy in their life, they're going through grief, or doing a funeral, whatever. I don't have the power to control how other people think, how other people feel. But here's what I can do. I can take the situation, I can surrender it to God, and I can encourage you all to surrender to God. And as we do that, an amazing thing happens. The Holy Spirit comes in and he starts to work in our hearts. He starts to give us hope. He starts to give us faith. He gives us comfort. But to live this faith out, to live the faith out that Mary had, it's on the other side of taking that step of obedience, that act of faith, that we see the faithfulness of God. So surrender is powerful because we're letting go of our situation and allowing God to work. We don't always have the power to make our husbands do what we want them to do or to to have our wives behave the way we might want or to have our boss see it our way or to make our marriage where we want it to be or get our finances in line finally. Maybe we don't have the power to get our future lined up or to get our health where we want it or to have our kids grow up and take the career we wish they would choose. We don't always have the power to control, 
but we do have the power, like Mary, to surrender to God. So now I want to read this scripture one more time, Luke 1, 38, but I want to read it from the English Standard Version. It says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now that those words, let it be, I'm hoping that maybe we can take that with us when we leave here, that we would understand what it means to surrender to God. We'd understand those three words, let it be. So as an early Christmas present to Pastor Ed. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Great, isn't it? And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Everybody now. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. When I find myself in time. Oh, we're done. We're done. (laughs) Now, maybe when you walk out of here, you got a little tune in your heart. And you're, you're speaking the word. You're singing the word here from Luke 138. Let it be. God, would you let it be in my heart? You know, so when I, sometimes when we ask the question, well, how could Mary say these words, let it be? Well, of course, it was, must have been easy for her, right? I mean, after all, she's the Virgin Mary. We've got cathedrals named after her. She was, she was the one chosen by God. There's statues after her. But you know, when the angel appeared to Mary, we have to recognize she was an ordinary, everyday, average teenage girl, just a regular kid. What did we learn in Advent? She was 14 years old. 14. And she goes, I mean, all of us would question, right? She had hopes. She had dreams, I'm sure, like any other girl. Maybe she had her little dolls and she was dreaming of the day she'd be married. She may have already named what her kids were going to be called. Some of us have dreams and plans. Maybe you took the perfect job, and now it seems like you could be downsized or reassigned. It wasn't supposed to go this way. I'm confused. I'm disturbed. Maybe you've always wanted to have kids, and now you find out you can't have them. Or you've got two kids, and you're surprised by number three. It could be a relational issue. Your marriage was great at one point, but now you're finding yourself distant. You argue. You're like roommates. You're confused. There could be an empty chair at the Christmas table this year. A loved one that was there last year now is not there anymore. And it's hard. God, why? Why now? Maybe it's a health issue that came suddenly because of an accident or a diagnosis. Could be a financial burden. I mean, the costs of everything are up, except for gas. It is coming down. But salaries are not going up at the same rate that everything else is. Maybe you're wondering how how you're going to make ends meet. It could be any number of things, but the result's still the same. We can all be like Mary, where we're confused and disturbed. But this is the thing about Mary. She didn't know the end of the story when she said, let it be. She didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know what was going to play out in the life of Jesus, what was going to happen for the rest of her life. She took God at his word. She trusted in God. She had a choice to make. And we all have that same choice to make today. We don't have the power to control, but we always have the power to surrender. She made a choice between her dreams and God's destiny She made a decision between her plans and what was God's purpose for her life. She had to choose between her control and God's calling. 
And what I love about Mary is that even though she didn't understand the plan, she trusted her father had a purpose. Right? And even if you, may, you or I may not understand today, God, why am I going through what I'm going through? Can we trust that God has a purpose for what he's doing? He, he's not up there going, <laughs> have I got something to throw at you? No, there's always a purpose. There's always a plan. He's moving puzzle pieces around even when you can't see the puzzle pieces moving. But Mary was obedient. And to live this out takes faith. And on the other side of her faith, what did she find? She met the faithfulness of God. So for a moment, I just want to talk about this word surrender. You know, as you look at the definition here, and, I, and as, a, as I look at it, what's interesting to me is I don't see anything in this definition about partial surrender, right? It says surrender means to give up completely. So when we're talking about surrendering to God like Mary did, it's not, okay, God, I'll give you, I'll give you 60%. I'll go more than halfway. Or maybe I'll get up to 90%. No, there, there isn't a partial surrender. You either surrender or you don't surrender. It, that's kind of the way it works, right? So when I read God's word, there's nothing that I see in it that says, trust me with your life, but not your money. Or trust me with your spouse, but not your kids, right? When we try to negotiate a percentage of surrender, when I try to negotiate a percentage of surrender, here's what I'm really saying to God if, if, I'm, if I'm really introspective and I'm honest with you. My desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. So let's just call it for what it is. Like, why do I want to control things? Because I feel like if I'm not controlling them, they're not going to go the way that I want them to go, right? And it's putting faith in myself instead of faith in God. Yeah, that's not where we want to be this morning. We, want to, we, we don't always have the power to control, but we've got the power to surrender. So what is it in your life and my life that we've been holding on to, trying to control, trying to hope it's going to go this way? And the more it seems like it's not going that way, the harder we try to massage it, to work it. And you know what? We're, we're doing it all wrong. This is the morning where we need to come to God and say, God, you know what? I can't control these things. The, where, where life is starting to unspiral, Lord, I've got to surrender it to you. I've got to surrender who I am to you, the situation to you, and know that as I step out in faith, I'm going to meet the faithfulness of God. I can remember a time in engineering where problems I was facing, they were bigger than what, what I knew to solve. And, and as our team got together and we're brainstorming, we're like, we have no solution for this. We have no way of meeting the schedule. Like, how do you just plan for innovation? You know, and it was at those times I remember crying out most to the Lord on my drives to work and home from work. Like, God, we need a miracle. You've got to show up. You've got to do something. Now, my team was not believers, but I told them, I'm going to pray and we're going to ask God for a solution and, and you know what? Time and time again, like someone would have that idea, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? And bam, unlock the door. And, and it's amazing what, what would happen when we would surrender. So it's not easy to surrender. Everything in our culture tells us when things are starting to unravel, that's when you need to work harder, control it more. But Jesus says something that's so countercultural to us. This is what he says about surrender. If you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you're going to find it. So some of us, we may be experiencing that right now. We're clinging on to life. And, and maybe you've reached the pinnacle of what you've deemed success. Maybe you've been working so hard all of your life and you finally arrived. But it's only that you arrived and realized that 
you know what, this isn't all I thought it would be. Like success always seems to be a little further down the road maybe than where you are or where I am. Some of us, we may be working to, so hard to create a good life for ourselves, for our friends, for our family, but in an effort to do so, we're finding that we've pushed away the people that we love so much and we're starting to get alienated because we're trying so hard. Jesus gives us all an invitation this morning and his invitation is this. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Like, would you come? Would you be in relationship with me? You know, I don't know if you've ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or or if you ever got married, but there's one thing I know about those of us that are married. How do you know that you got married? It's because you had a wedding day, right? There was that day that you met with with your spouse and you did what? You took vows, And you gave yourself to them. They gave themselves to you. Like, you know if you're married. It's not like, well, I kind of got married. I'm 50% married. No, you know you got married because you had a wedding day. And see, Jesus, when he went to the cross, that was his vow to us. He gave his life for you and I, that we could be in relationship with him. There is no way that we can make it to heaven because we're all sinners. But Jesus said that he loved us while we were yet sinners. It's not a conditional love. It's not this, well, you know what? I think I'll get to heaven someday because I've done more good than I've done bad in my life. I've tried to treat my neighbor right. Yeah, you don't find that in the Bible. It says the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift to receive. But Jesus went to the cross that he could be in relationship with us. And now the part, the the turn for us is to say, God, will I give you, will I surrender my life to you? Will I give you all that I am today to be in relationship with you? Lord, will I recognize that you are my Lord and my Savior and I can't keep controlling things the way I'm controlling. I'm making a mess of life, right? If, if you're here and you don't know peace, I want to introduce you to the Prince of Peace, right? If, if you have no hope, I want to introduce you to the one that's the author of hope. So as we come here this morning, I, I remember a time... Um, and, and maybe you've had young kids and you do this too, where I wanted to get my kids' attention and, and did you ever just so lovingly take your kid's face in your hands and you're like, look at me. Do you ever do that? And, and I knew we were probably doing it a little too much when like I'm playing with my daughters and she comes out, daddy, look at me, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on right now? But I feel like this is a moment where God is taking our faces in his hands and he's saying Nathan look at me Jess, Jessica look at me Jenny look at me Meg look at me Ed look at me Steve he's asking us all would you look at me and this is the question he's asking us what is it that you're trying to control that I want you to surrender we all have those things in our life Right? We all have those things where it's like, I, I really wish this would go a different way. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to, try to, I'm going to try to make it happen. And that's counterintuitive for us to say, you know what? No, I just got to surrender it to God. We don't always have the power of control. We always have the ability to surrender. So what is it that, that God, the Holy Spirit is saying, look at me. What is he asking you to surrender this morning? You know, for some of you, it could be that you've never... You've never um, given your life to Jesus and said, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I, I remember a day uh, in 1971 when I first came to the Lord and said, God, I, I recognize that I'm a sinner. 
If you had asked me then, Greg, do you know God or do you just know about God? My answer to you would be, I think I just know about God. I don't know God. And maybe you're here this morning where you just know about him. You know, going to church doesn't mean that you know God. It just means that you're in a place where a lot of people know God, right? Going to church doesn't mean you know God. You know God when you give your life to God and you say, God, I know that wedding day moment. I need that moment. I need a time where I could pray and say, God, I'm going to give you my life today. I'm going to surrender control of my life. Maybe for some of you today, this is your day. And we're going to have a moment in a minute that I'm going to ask you if you want to pray that prayer with me. But maybe there's others of you here today where you're like, I have given God control of my life. But you know what? There's still something going on right now that I've tried to snatch it back. And I'm, I'm doing my best and I'm trying to work this situation and make it make the outcome be what I want it to be. And, and you know what? Like, I understand the Holy Spirit saying, what is it that I need to surrender? And God, I need to give you this today. Right? So, so whatever it would be that God is putting on your heart, I want to I create space for us all to surrender to God. Amen? So this is what the Word of God has to say. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. I don't have the right to become a child of God myself. I can't claw my way into heaven or or try to do enough good works to get myself to heaven. I have to receive it as a gift. I have to believe. I have to accept him. And then he gives me the right to be called his child. For some of you, you don't know if you're a child of God or not. You're here in a church and that's wonderful. But today could be your day to say, God, yes. I'm going to say, I do. As you say your vows to me, God, I'm telling you back, I do. I want want all in, God. I'm not surrendering just 50% of me or 60 or 90. God, surrender is 100 or zero, and I'm giving you 100% of who I am. That would be the best decision you could ever make. For others of you, it's a decision to all over again, God, I need to surrender my life because I'm making a mess of things. And Lord, I, the situation that I'm in, only you can fix. Only you, only you can make it better. So God, I'm going to take that situation. I'm going to surrender to you. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads for a minute. To close your eyes. You know, for those of you that may be here and you're like, Greg... When you ask that question, do I know God or do I just know about God? Like, yeah, I I just know about him. I can't tell you that I really know him. God is here. His Holy Spirit is here. He's present. And he wants you to know that he sees you. He loves you. And and he died on the cross just for you. And, And he's asking you right now, would you give your life to me like I've given my life to you? If you have never prayed to receive Jesus to give your life to him, would you raise your hand to God and just show him, God, that's me. I want to give my life to you right now. Just go ahead and raise your hand. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, raise your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? You'd raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? This is your time. If you don't know God and you want to know him personally, I'm asking you, raise your hand for me, but raise your hand for him that he sees you. I see that hand. Thank you. All right, you can put your hands down. Now now I want to ask a different question. Maybe you've given your life to the Lord, but you're going through something right now where you're just like, Greg, you're calling my number this morning. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit where he's, he's got your face 
in his hands and he's saying, what is it I want you to surrender? If you've got something specific that God wants you to surrender as an act of faith, saying to the Lord, God, I'm gonna take the step out. I'm gonna surrender control. Would you raise your hand of something in your life you need to surrender control? Yeah, I see hands up, going all up. Thank you for raising your hand. God sees, God sees what you're raising your hand about. He knows what you're talking to. All right, you can put your hands down. So let's pray. We're going to pray two prayers now. The first prayer, let's all pray uh, together. It's a prayer of, of just asking God to come into our hearts and, and fill our lives. And we're surrendering control of our life to him. So let's pray together as we pray these words. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died on the cross for me. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all that I am, 100%. And I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come forgive me. Come fill me with your spirit. Come give me the power to live the way you want me to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer right now, I want to let you know that all of heaven is rejoicing this morning because it says in God's word that he rejoices over even one that comes to know him. And now let's pray another prayer. And, and I'm going to pray for you. You pray in the silence of your heart. But if, if there's a situation that God is asking you to surrender this morning, I'm just going to give you a space. If you're comfortable, raise your hands to the Lord just as, a, as an attitude of surrender. Uh, And just say, Father God, I I give you this situation that I've been trying to control. Lord, I, I need to trust you with it. I can't control it. God, I'm praying for a miracle as I surrender this to you. Lord, I I know that it's gonna take obedience for me to walk in faith. Lord, but as I walk in faith and I take that step of faith, God, I thank you that you are there. The faithfulness of God is gonna meet us today, Lord. And I pray now that you come by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lift the burden. Take whatever we're leaving at the altar, God. Don't let us, don't let it crawl back off the altar, God. We wanna leave it there. And Lord, I pray that you bring release in Jesus' name. God, I pray you bring healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the walls would come down that we have built up in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for forgiveness. God, I I pray for just a compassion and a grace and a mercy to flow. Lord, you know the needs. Father, you know the burdens. And Jesus, I'm asking you to come right now. Bring life as only you can bring it as we surrender these things to you, God. We thank you for it, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, if you're here this morning and you pray to receive Jesus as your Savior, I have a book for you. Because when we start a relationship, it's never a one day. You don't, you don't just get married and never, never talk to your spouse again, right? It's a relationship that we're forming. There's a, there's a walking out of it. This book is called Living in Christ. If you're online, email me, greg at shallowcommunity.church. I'd love to get you this book. So thank you so much for being here. Merry Christmas to all of you. If you want more prayer for what you prayed about, you want individual prayer, please come up afterwards. We'd love to pray with you. But God bless. Have a great day and a blessed Christmas. And hope to see you Christmas Eve.